If you like what you hear on this episode, you're going to want to come check out my new podcast called the Unfuck Your Brain Podcast. What you're listening to right now, The Lawyer's Stress Solution, has ceased production of new episodes. But Unfuck Your Brain is rocking and rolling. Every week, I release a new episode of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast, teaching you the same great tools for taming your brain, but with even more applications to other areas of your life. You can search for it by name. Remember, there's an asterisk instead of the U in unfuck because we like to be polite. Or just click the link to it in the podcast description for this show. I'll see you over there. You're listening to The Lawyer Stress Solution, the only podcast that teaches you cognitive science-based techniques specifically created for lawyers. Learn how to manage your lawyer brain and conquer the stress, anxiety, and overwhelm of lawyer life. Here's your host, former lawyer and certified master coach, Kara Lowenthal. I am broadcasting to you all today, back from New York. I made it home alive. I survived my brain trying to kill me, and <laughs> that's good. So today I'm going to talk about kind of the core of everything I teach. I want to start by saying this. I just want you to contemplate this. Like, just think about this. Everything that has ever been invented in the world started with a thought. Like the Taj Mahal started with a thought. The Brooklyn Bridge started with a thought. Putting a man on the moon started with a thought. Whatever building you're sitting in or whatever car you're riding in or whatever street you're standing on right now, they all started because someone had a thought about them. One person had a thought about them. Even you started with a thought, most of you, right? One of your parents or both of them thought about having a child. And here you are. So anything you want to create in your life starts with a thought that you have. They really just let that sink in. Everything in the world started as a sentence in someone's mind. And yet most of us don't think on purpose at all. We just passively receive and believe our thoughts, even though those thoughts create everything around us. The truth is nothing that I am teaching you works unless you change your thoughts. It is the key to everything. It's the key to everything I teach. And really, it's the key to life. Like, as far as I'm concerned, it is the secret to life. The most important thing I do is teach people how to think new thoughts on purpose to get what they want. It's the most fundamental life skill, and we're never taught it, right? I learned how to do longhand division, which I've never done in my life. But nobody taught me how to manage my thoughts until I got to be an adult and sought that out and you know, read about it on purpose, right? I learned how to do algebra. Again, never going to use it. But I could have learned how to manage my mind when I was much younger and save myself like, I don't know, 20 years of pain, <laughs> right? For some reason, we aren't taught these things. Now, if you wanted to learn a new strength routine to remake your body, you'd hire a physical trainer. And if you want to learn how to remake your brain, that's what I'm for, right? So today I'm going to teach you how to think new thoughts. But here's the thing. I cannot make this work for you across the void, right? You have to put in the work to practice it. 
Learning is one thing, but applying is another. That's why people hire coaches, right? That's why I have a career. I can explain the concept to you in 30 seconds. Hey, you just need to think on purpose differently than you are. (laughs) Problem solved. If that could do it in 30 seconds, then I would be a gajillionaire by now, right? And I would, I don't know, be living on an island in the Bahamas, maybe. I would probably still do the podcast because I like chatting with you guys. But you see my point. I can explain it to you very quickly. It's not analytically complicated. And part of what happens with lawyers is that we think when we analytically understand something, that that's it. That like we're all good, we analytically understand it, and then that should just solve whatever the problem is. That's not how this works. This is not like understanding a legal argument. It's more like learning a new language or trying to get fit or anything else that takes repeated, consistent practice and expert guidance, right? I can explain the concept to you in 30 seconds, but the how is something that takes time and effort. And I did it the hard way on my own. (laughs) And oh my God, if I could have hired a coach to teach me this stuff in one-tenth of the time, I would have. But there was nobody out there who was talking about lawyer brain in the way that I talk about it when I was figuring this all out. So part of why I'm saying this is if you've been trying to apply what I'm teaching, but you're still feeling stressed out and anxious, it's not your fault and it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. Learning how to think new thoughts on your own is really difficult. It's a new skill that you're trying to learn by yourself. It's like trying to teach yourself Sanskrit. People don't work with me because I'm like saving the secret sauce and you can only get it by working with me. Like I tell you the secret right up front. You have to change how you think. That's the only secret I have. I mean, I have other tools, obviously, and other techniques and things that I teach the people I work with. But like basically, I tell all of you everything I know. I'm not hiding anything. But people work with me because they want help and structure and accountability in changing their thinking and their actions. The reason I'm telling you this is because I know that so many of you are type A like I was, and you're telling yourself that you're doing this wrong because you still have negative thoughts. So many of my clients come back to me like the second or third week and they're like, I think I'm doing it wrong. I'm failing at this because I still had a negative thought. Of course, (laughs) negative thoughts are a part of life. But so many of you are trying what I'm teaching and you're having a hard time. It's not working right away. And you're telling yourself that you're a failure and you can't even figure this out. But that's not true. Okay, learning to think a new way is a process. And it takes a long time if you're doing it on your own. But you will get there. I mean, you'll get there faster working with me. That's why I have a job. But the point is that it's normal, right, to have some challenges implementing these new ideas. If you keep practicing, it will get better. You just have to commit to doing it for the long term. Now, if you do want to get there faster, I'd say this every episode because I never know who's listening to what, you can go to www.thelawyerstresssolution.com backslash mini session, and that's where you can book a consultation call. If you are the kind of person who knows that you do better at going to the gym when you have a physical trainer, you do better keeping to your healthy eating plan if you go to a nutritionist, right? You do better at changing other things in your life if you go to a therapist. You do better at studying with a study partner, right? If you know you're that kind of person who really does well when you have like expert targeted attention and you have some accountability and you have some structure, that's how you get it. www.thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash mini session. And that is where you can book a consultation call so we can talk about if we're the right fit. Okay, so that is your pep talk for today. Keep working at it. Keep practicing. It's okay that it's not perfect. Now let's talk about how to change your thoughts. So I'm going to teach you something that I call the thought ladder. It's going to become pretty obvious quickly why it's called that. 
This is the tool you use to practice thinking new thoughts. It's something I work with my coaching clients on a lot. So you know what a ladder looks like, right? I am not a visual thinker, and even I know what a ladder looks like. <laughs> That's why I picked it for lawyers, right? We're not always the most visually creative. So if you imagine a ladder, at the bottom of the ladder is whatever you are thinking now. I'm failing. I'm going to disappoint Betsy. I don't know, whoever Betsy is, the partner in your case. <laughs> if I had worked harder, that, or your mother. If I had worked harder, that brief would have been better. I'm never going to make partner. I thought it would be different making partner but I still feel insecure. I don't know how to get from non-equity partner to equity partner. I should have done this already. Whatever you're telling yourself, right? Whatever negative thought is causing pain, that's the bottom of the ladder. At the top of the ladder is what you wish you could feel and think. So right now you're stressed, but you want to feel confident or you want to feel calm. That feeling goes at the top of the ladder. The bottom of the ladder is where you are now. You're anxious, you're ashamed, you're stressed out. Top of the ladder is where you want to be, confident, calm, empowered, right? Whatever it is. Now, you figure out what feeling you want at the top of the ladder, but that's only half of the top of the ladder. You also have to figure out what thought goes at the top of the ladder, right? The only way that we change feelings is by changing thoughts. That's the whole point of coaching. If you could just change a feeling by telling yourself to feel differently, you wouldn't need to know any of the rest of this stuff. Changing your thoughts is how you change your feelings. That's what we do. We learn how to change our thoughts so we can feel differently. So when you know that what you want to feel at the top of the ladder is competent or empowered or calm or confident or whatever, you have to figure out how to produce that for yourself. And that means what thought would you need to believe? Okay, so if what you have at the top of the ladder is that you want to feel confident, the question is, what would you have to think to produce the feeling of confidence for yourself? Your thoughts produce your feelings, right? So if you're feeling confident at any time, it's because you are having a thought, which may be subconscious or may be conscious, you are having a thought that produces the feeling of confidence. So if you know you want to feel confident, you have to figure out what you would need to think that would make you feel confident. So there are a couple of strategies you can use to try to figure out what would I need to think to produce the feeling I want to have. So one way to think about it is think back to a time that you did feel confident, let's say, and ask yourself why you felt confident. So let's say your answer is, well, I felt really confident when I got an A on my Crim Pro final in law school. Okay. That's a time you felt confident. Now, why did you feel confident at that time? What were you thinking? And then the answer might be something like, I was thinking I could really do this. I was good at law school. I was thinking I'm going to make a good lawyer. You figure out what you were thinking in a past time that you felt confident. And you see if you can use either the exact same thought or a similar thought. So like if you're an eighth year associate now or your partner or your first year associate for that matter, it's not going to help to think I'm really good at crim pro, right? Or I'm good at law school. That thought's not going to work for you. But can you translate that to where you are now? Like, I'm good at being a lawyer. I'm good at law practice. I'm good at understanding legal issues, right? Can you translate it? Another thing you can do is ask yourself, what is the opposite of the thought I have now? So if the thought I have now is I'm failing, 
What's the opposite of that? Well, the opposite might be I'm succeeding or I'm kicking ass or I'm doing awesome. If you believed those thoughts, you would feel confident, right? So we know the bottom of the ladder is stress or anxiety. The top of the ladder is confident. Then we have to ask ourselves, what could I think that would produce a feeling of confidence for me? And one way to figure that out is to figure out what did you think in the past that helped you feel confident and could you adapt it? Or what's the opposite of what you're thinking now? So you figure out what thought would produce a feeling of confidence for you. You can also just ask yourself, what would I believe if I felt confident? Or when I look at someone else who seems confident, what do I think they think about themselves? Right? There are lots of different ways to elicit your kind of goal thought for the top of the ladder. So you figure out what thought to put at the top of the ladder. Now, occasionally you can believe this thought that's at the top of the ladder and you've already solved your problem. Most of the time, this thought you come up with at the top of the ladder that's going to produce the feeling you want, you don't believe that thought yet. It's a hypothetical. It's like, if I thought I was a great lawyer, then I would feel confident, right? It's like the conditional future. If I thought this, then I would feel this. The whole reason it's at the top of the ladder is that you don't think and feel it right now. So that's totally normal. Most of the time when you do a thought ladder, you will not believe the thought you come up with at the top. And that's fine. What you're trying to do is figure out where do I want to go, right? If I know I want to feel confident, what would I need to believe to help me feel confident? That's a goal thought. I don't believe it now. And I know that because I don't feel confident now. Right now I feel stressed out and anxious, right? So I know that right now I'm believing thoughts that cause stress and anxiety. I'm not believing my goal thought, my top of the ladder thought. Totally fine. That's why we have the ladder. Now, of course, the $64,000 question You know, now that I think about that, I feel like that's from like a 1970s TV show and we probably need to adjust it for inflation. (laughs) I don't know what that's worth now, but like the $500,000 question, the million dollar question, it's really the only question that matters in life. How do you get from the bottom of the ladder to the top? How do you get from how you feel now and what you're thinking now to how you want to feel and how you want to think? So that's why this is a ladder. There are a couple of rungs in between where you are now and where you're trying to go. So I'm going to teach them to you. We're going to start at the bottom. One step up from where you are now is to figure out your current thoughts. So let's say your current thought is I'm failing. And you just add the phrase, I notice I keep thinking in front of I'm failing. So every time you think I'm failing, you would say to yourself, I notice I keep thinking that I'm failing. This is like the first baby step. You're not even changing the thought or challenging it. You're not even trying to think something else yet. What you are doing is reminding your brain over and over that quote unquote, I'm failing is a thought. What happens when we are just in our thoughts and believing them is that we think our thoughts are true. We think they're like, like I like to say, we think they're like messages from the deep. (laughs) They're like the Loch Ness monster or some sort of like one of those weird giant translucent squids or something, right? We think they're like true and they floated up from some well of truth inside of us. They're not. They're just thoughts. They're just sentences in your mind. They're just like little sentences someone typed in there when you weren't looking. So putting, I notice I keep thinking right in front of the sentence creates a little bit of perspective in your brain. This is the kind of perspective that meditation teaches you to observe the thought. So if if you can't do anything else with the thought and you really believe it and you don't really want to stop believing it or you don't believe you can stop believing it, 
You just add, I notice I keep thinking in front of it. If you do that consistently over and over and you practice adding that little prefix to the thought, over time that thought will feel less bad because your brain will just start to internalize that it is just a thought, that it's not necessarily reality, and you'll get a little bit of distance from it. So that's where you go when you just are so stuck on a thought and you don't think that you can even practice thinking anything else. Just add, I notice I keep thinking. And the next two rungs aren't really in any particular order. They just are kind of similar. And they're what I call openers or closers. So openers or closers are when you attach a phrase to the beginning or the end. The opener is the beginning. The closer is the end, right? You attach a phrase to the beginning or end of your goal thought. So if your goal thought is, I'm kicking ass, which, you know, you don't believe right now, an opener might be, a phrase you could put on the front might be, I'm practicing believing that I'm kicking ass, or I'm open to believing I'm kicking ass, or it's possible I'm kicking ass, right? Or I believe some other people might think I'm kicking ass, right? You attach a phrase to the beginning of the goal thought that makes it a little more believable. It makes it kind of an option or like a maybe or like a someday, right? Like maybe or someday are good kind of openers, I'm working up to believing I'm kicking ass. Someday I may believe I'm kicking ass. Those are openers. A closer is the same idea, but it's on the other end of the sentence. So like, I'm kicking ass is something I'm trying to believe. I'm kicking ass is a sentence I hope to believe about myself one day. Those are closers. You're like putting a kind of qualifier on the end of the thought to make it like your brain doesn't have to believe it 100%, your brain can just believe that maybe it's true. Or you could say something like, sometimes I kick ass, (laughs) right? Or sometimes I do well. It's sort of qualifying the goal thought to make it easier to believe. It's like a stepping stone to believing it because you're making it like a sometimes or a someday. It makes it easier to believe. Then the sort of last rung and the most powerful, but also the most kind of vague and capacious as a technique is what I call a neutral thought. So a neutral thought is when you are not engaging with the thought head on, but you're just thinking something else that feels better. So for instance, if your goal thought is, I'm kicking ass as a lawyer, a neutral thought means you don't necessarily like attack that thought. You don't necessarily think, I'm kicking ass as a lawyer. And your current thought is I'm a failure. You don't necessarily take the exact opposite and say, I'm not a failure, right? Or I'm succeeding. A neutral thought would be something that gets at the same idea, but in a different phrasing. So like a neutral thought might be like, sometimes I do a good job, right? So if your goal thought is I'm kicking ass, but your current thought is I'm a failure, a neutral thought on the way from I'm a failure to I'm kicking ass might be something like, Sometimes I do a good job. I have done good work before. Partners have been pleased with my work before. I have contributed value to this firm. I have a client whose motto, her like mantra is, my work is of value to the firm, (laughs) right? That is a kind of neutral thought in that it's not super negative. It's actually fairly positive, but for her, it's like a step along the way. So a neutral thought is really just any thought that isn't like butting right up against your negative thought and isn't yet your positive thought. So another example, when I was doing a lot of body image work, 
on myself, my go-to thought would be like my, you know, what I used to think all the time unconsciously would be like, my stomach is disgusting. Okay. Now I wasn't ready. My goal thought was like, my stomach is beautiful. Now I think that actually, but I didn't back then, obviously. That's why I had the problem, (laughs) right? And so it didn't work to think my stomach is beautiful. I was not ready for that. And it didn't really work to think my stomach is not disgusting because I totally thought it was disgusting. But a neutral thought was, that's a human stomach. Like it was objectively true. I could not argue with it. But it didn't feel as terrible as my stomach is disgusting. Now, it didn't feel as amazing as it would feel if I believed my stomach is beautiful. Like now I believe that and I feel great. But at the time, that was out of reach. I wasn't there yet. Right? I was not at the top of the ladder. And so with a neutral thought, what we're going for is like feeling a little bit better, (laughs) like not feeling quite as shitty. So if you feel terrible when you think a certain thought and then thinking a neutral thought feels like a little better, a little relief, or even you feel neutral, that's great. That is a good step on the ladder. Like this is where positive thinking gets a bad name is people try to go from negative thoughts to positive thoughts. I should probably do a whole podcast on that. But the reason positive thinking doesn't work for most people is that you're trying to go from zero to 100. You don't believe the new positive thought. Now, some people are incredibly disciplined and they will keep repeating a new positive thought they don't believe until they believe it. But that can literally take months. And most of us are not that committed to the project because we don't think it's going to work. We think a positive thought, we don't believe it, and then we're like, well, that doesn't work and we can give up. So the neutral thought is like the key to everything. It's the key to that problem. You don't go all the way to a positive thought. If your general thought is, I'm a terrible lawyer and I'm always failing, you don't go straight to, I'm an amazing lawyer with a great career ahead of me. You don't believe that, right? That's the whole point. You need to go to something neutral. Like sometimes I do good work. I work hard. I have some capabilities that would help me do well as a lawyer, right? However you can phrase it, you got to play around with it. Right? Thought work is not a science. It's an art. If it was a science, I could just teach you all an equation on the podcast and that would be it. The whole reason that people work with me is that it's an art, right? So you need, you need to practice and you need to have an instinct for it. But if you're doing this on your own, it's totally fine. You just got to play around till you find something. So for instance, if you have a negative thought and you want to move up the ladder and you want to try a neutral thought, just brainstorm a few, like write down a few things you could think. One good way to do it is to ask yourself, what would I tell a friend who told me this negative thought? Like, write that down. See if you could believe that. What would be something neutral I could say about myself that's not positive or negative? Write that down. See if you can believe that, right? Just brainstorm. Generate a few options. Now, the way that you pick your latter thought that you're going to use is you'd use one of these techniques, right? I notice I keep thinking an opener, a closer, or a neutral thought. And you have to make sure that whatever thought it is, is a thought you can believe. Now, there's no better way to explain what that means than to say we have all tried to think something and we either believed it or we didn't. And we have an intuitive sense of the difference, right? You know when you believe something or you don't. That part is kind of inexplicable. I don't know any way to kind of describe what it feels like to believe something. That's just an innate human thing we have and we can use it here. So you have to make sure that the thought you pick, your latter thought that you want to practice is a thought you believe. If you do not believe it, it won't do shit. (laughs) It will not work if you don't believe it. You have to believe it. 
So if you come up with two or three and you don't believe any of them, even the neutral ones, then they're not they're not the right thought. You got to keep brainstorming. I will say one caveat to that. Sometimes when I tell people you have to believe the thought, they think what that means is once you think the thought, you feel amazing and you have no other negative thoughts. That's not what it means. Okay? Believing a thought means if you just say that sentence to yourself, like period at the end, no more thoughts after it. You just say that sentence to yourself. Do you believe just that sentence? Okay? You're like putting up a block on the harpies of all the other negative thoughts that want to rush in, right? There is no thought in the world that is so powerful that you think it once and you never have any negative thoughts again. Okay? So that is important. When you think a new thought and you're practicing and you want to see, can I believe this thought? Is this a good thought for me to pick to focus on? What you're looking for is if I think this thought with a period on the end, do I believe it? And does it feel a little bit better than my old thought? We are not saying, does that thought prevent you from having a whole host of other negative thoughts? But you don't jump down the rabbit hole with all the other negative thoughts. You think the thought with a period on the end, just that sentence, and you check in with yourself. Do I believe this? Does it feel any better in my body than the super negative thought I was thinking before? Okay, so that is how you figure out if you believe a thought. So I guess that's, I, I lied when I said I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't want to tell you if you believe it. I do know. You got to check in with yourself and number one, kind of ask yourself if you believe it. But number two, see if it makes your body feel any better, right? See if it makes you feel a tiny bit less anxious or a tiny bit less stressed or a tiny bit less angry, or whatever the feeling is that you're trying to ameliorate or change. So once you've selected your thought, you have to actually practice it. I cannot stress this enough, right? This is the discipline part. There's the kind of art part, it's not a science, the creative aspect of figuring out what your current thought is and what your new thought is going to be and all of that. And But then once you have a thought you've decided to practice, your neutral thought or your opener, your closer, whatever it is, you have to actually practice it. You can set a phone alarm to remind you to think the thought a few times a day. I tell my clients to put that shit on a sticky note. Put it on your computer, right? Put it on your mirror at home. Write it on your mirror and lipstick if you don't live with anyone who think that was weird. Like any way you can trigger yourself. And if you don't feel comfortable writing the whole thought on a note because you have a shared office or something, it's fine. You just come up with a word or a phrase or an acronym that reminds you of the thought. You put that on your computer. No one will know what it is. No one's going to ask. Make it a mantra, right? Put it on repeat. Associate it with a song and play that song all the time when you're commuting. Anything you can do to practice the thought over and over again. It would be amazing if you only had to think a new thought once and then that was that. Occasionally that happens once you get advanced in this work. But when you're starting, you are retraining your brain. You are creating a new neural pathway. The old neural pathway is like really strong, right? We've probably all heard that saying like neurons that fire together, wire together, I think is how it goes. It's like if you have a thought a lot, then that neural bundle is really strong and your brain just wants to keep doing it. You're creating a whole new neural pathway in your brain. Thank God for neuroplasticity. We can change how we think, but it takes practice, right? If you were right-handed and all of a sudden you decide to start writing with your left hand, it wouldn't be enough to just tell yourself to. It wouldn't be enough to practice it once, right? You'd have to practice over and over. And every time you stopped practicing and you went to write something, you'd go with your right hand again because that was your habit. That was your default. So you got to pick up the pencil with your left hand and start again. I often tell my clients, pretend your brain is like a toddler 
or a drunk person or like a drunk toddler, right? You're going to practice your new thought and your brain is going to be like, I have all these other negative thoughts I want to tell you, (laughs) right? Like the heartbeats are going to swoop in and you just keep repeating your thought. You don't try to argue with your brain about every negative thought it has, right? Especially when you're starting out. When people work with me, when you have someone who's like an expert to help you, you can do more of like, oh, well, I have these 10 negative thoughts. What do I do about them? But when you're starting by yourself, you really got to keep it like concrete and specific, just one thought. So it's like if you have a toddler, you've seen friends with a toddler, right? A toddler is going to be like, I want ice cream for breakfast. And you're going to be like, no, we're not doing that. And the toddler's going to be like, but I want it. And you're going to be like, no. And the toddler's going to be like, but I hate you. And you're going to be like, no. And then the toddler may throw a tantrum. You're still not having ice cream for breakfast. Your brain is like that. You're going to practice your new thought like, sometimes I do good work. And your brain's going to be like, but what about this time that you did bad work? And what about this feedback you got? And what about this? And you've always thought that you were terrible and you never really tried. You're a failure and you're a fraud and people are going to find out, right? Your brain is going to like vomit all of your negative thoughts back at you. And you just have to stick to your script. You just keep repeating. Sometimes I do good work. Sometimes I do good work. Sometimes I do good work, right? You just keep repeating the thought that you're trying to learn to think. Same if you, you know, are recently, were in college or law school more recently and like you remember having drunk friends who wanted to do dumb things and you just had to keep calmly and patiently being like, no, we're not going to do that. We are not going to, you know, run naked through the cafeteria, whatever people wanted to do. Your brain will throw all your negative thoughts at you and you don't chase each one down a rabbit hole. You just practice the thought that you've picked to practice and you keep doing it. Over time, it will become automatic, but you have to think about it like your old thought is like the Grand Canyon. A relatively small amount of water has created a giant groove. Now, when you want to create a new one, the good news is you only need a relatively small amount of water, just like the Grand Canyon had, but you're starting from zero. So you've got to start that groove and build that groove over time. Eventually, the groove gets strong enough so it becomes the dominant groove, right? It becomes the default thought and you don't have to try to think it on purpose anymore. You got to practice till you get there. So that's how you change a thought. Like I said, it is an art, not a science. It takes practice. Like us type A people, we really want to get it right on the first try and we think there's like a right and wrong to doing it. It's really not. It's just a practice. And if what you are doing is helping you feel a little bit better, then you are doing it right. There's no mathematical formula. It's just trial and error over and over again. But you will get the hang of it if you stick with it. And if you want to learn how to do it faster than it took me to figure it out, head over to thelawyerstresssolution.com forward slash mini session and get on my calendar. September is going to be a pretty tight month for me between travel and some holidays. So let's get to it because the real holidays, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that stuff's going to be here before we know it. And we all need to know how to manage our minds like pros in order to survive that time, right? Between our billable hours, requirements creeping up on us and all that family time and vacation, this is the time to get your brain on lockdown. All right, my lovelies, I will talk to y'all soon. If this episode spoke to you, then you need to check out The Clutch because it comes with a five-week self-coaching course that will walk you through exactly how to apply this life-changing work to anything you experience, literally anything. If you've ever thought, well, I don't know how to get started with thought work, I don't know exactly how to do thought work or if I'm doing it right, 
or what order I should do it in or how I should do it. The self-coaching course teaches you all of that. And even if you're familiar with thought work concepts, the clutch will help you take the work deeper. And it comes with access to expert coaches who can answer any thought work question you have. Plus me, of course, to coach you live. No question is off limits. You can change your life by going to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash the clutch, or you can actually just text your email address to 347-934-8861, and we will send a link to all the information you need straight to your cell phone. I'll see you there.